Does the Apostle Paul condemn judgment by believers? Is Paul speaking to the church, the body of Christ, in Romans chapter 2? Are we today judged by our good deeds? Greetings, I'm Dr. Paul Felter. Welcome to the Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth podcast. My handle on YouTube is Primal Bible. I expose church fallacies and flawed Christian traditions with Bible truth. We let the Bible speak for itself. If you appreciate the video podcast, please consider subscribing. Also, please visit my website, breadoflife.media. That's breadoflife.media for additional resources, including my free PDF chart of your Bible, Rightly Divided. The Apostle Paul opens chapter 2 with the word, therefore, referring back to chapter 1 and the conditions of the foolish having a reprobate mind. Since man knows his evil deeds and the judgment to come, Paul declares that man is without excuse. There is no excuse acceptable to God for unbelief. Paul then introduces the notion of hypocrisy into the discussion. Also keep in mind that Paul is addressing Jews and proselytes who are under the law of Moses and believe that Jesus is the Messiah to Israel. Paul is not speaking to Christians, as we will see as we progress through this chapter. Remember, a proselyte is a Gentile that converts to Judaism, is circumcised, and puts themselves under the law of Moses to keep the commandments. So let's pick it up in Romans 2, verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Paul says those that judge others in a matter yet do the same thing condemn themselves. They suffer a double whammy. They are practicing the sin they condemn and are hypocrites. We all know people who are quick to condemn others, but slow to look in the mirror taking stock of themselves. Hypocritical judgment is never acceptable, whether Jew, proselyte, or Christian. Verse 2, quote, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. End quote. God's judgment is not bias. God has no favorites, for he is no respecter of persons. Acts 10.34 Your earthly status of fame, fortune, or poverty will not sway the Lord away from the truth of his word. God's judgment is based upon truth, his truth, not yours, not mine. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but God declares that the end thereof is death, separation from God, and judgment. Proverbs 16.25 Verse 3, quote, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? End quote. God reiterates that the hypocrite will not escape judgment. As Christians, we are judged for rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, not for salvation. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, we read, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. End quote. All Christians will stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, a judgment for rewards or loss of rewards, not for salvation. Once you trust that the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sin, was buried, and rose again the third day, you are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. That baptism cannot be undone, even by sin. You were saved by grace through faith, not by doing good works. Verse 4, quote, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? End quote. 
Many today and throughout history despise the goodness and patience of the Lord. He tolerates much evil from mankind, but knows that through it all, some will come to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Mankind should realize that we do not deserve the goodness and mercy of God. That knowledge will lead many to repentance and salvation. Verse 5, quote, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, end quote. Because of man's resistant and defiant heart, they store up wrath of God to be released at the revelation of the righteous judge, the second coming of Jesus Christ. On that day he will judge the living of the earth. At the second coming, Jesus redeems Israel and judges the world, not the church, as we have been raptured seven years earlier, before the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, also known as the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. We appear for judgment of reward at the judgment seat of Christ in heaven, not at the second coming of Jesus to the earth. Later, at the great white throne judgment, all the lost dead are judged and cast into the lake of fire. Verse 6, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? End quote. Again, the context is the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth at the end of the seven-year tribulation. If you try to apply these verses to the church, the body of Christ, you'll discover an immediate problem. These passages reflect works or deeds of the law as the determining factor for eternal life. But we know we are saved by grace through faith and not of works or deeds. These passages here in the early chapters of Romans are written to Jews and proselytes in Rome that believe in Jesus as the Messiah and are under the law of Moses. They are in a faith plus works or deeds paradigm for salvation. They must have faith in God and keep the commandments of the law of Moses. Our program is faith alone without the works of the law. Verse 7 and 8, quote, To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. End quote. Jews and proselytes under the law of Moses must patiently continue keeping the law to be rewarded with immortality and eternal life. A clear distinction from those that have received Jesus as Savior by grace through faith in believing the gospel of grace, who are rewarded with immortality, eternal life, simply by faith. Rebels against God who do not obey the truth of the gospel, the anger and wrath of God is upon them. Verses 9 and 10, quote, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. End quote. Paul makes it clear to whom he is speaking, Jews and Gentiles or proselytes. As I have noted earlier, Paul is addressing Jews and proselytes at Rome. I keep stressing this point because most pastors, teachers, and TV preachers try to apply these passages to us today in the body of Christ. Paul's target audience is Jews and proselytes under the law of Moses in Rome. He is not addressing the church, the body of Christ, because in the church there is no Jew or Gentile. We are one new man in Christ, Ephesians 2.15, and also we are not under the law. Verse 11, quote, For there is no respect of persons with God, end quote. Jew, Gentile, 
proselyte or Christian. God does not regard anyone based on their personal merit or standing in this world. Verse 12 and 13, quote, For as many as have sinned without the law also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Here again, we must remember that Paul is addressing Jews and proselytes in Rome that follow Jesus and are under the law of Moses. We in the body of Christ are not under the law, but under grace. Our doing good works is only the basis for reward, not the criteria for salvation. For we are saved the moment we put our trust in Christ, who died on the cross for our sin, was buried, and rose again the third day. We are saved by believing the gospel of grace, not by doing good works. Verses 14 and 15, quote, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things that are contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another, end quote. When Gentiles do what is right under the law of Moses, even though they are not under the law of Moses, they have the law of God written on their hearts to do what is pleasing in God's sight. Verse 16, quote, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, end quote. Those living during this present dispensation of grace will be judged by Paul's gospel of grace given him by the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, verse 2, and Ephesians 3, verse 3. Paul's gospel is today's standard, and Paul wants to move the believers at Rome away from the law of Moses, which no one can keep, to the gospel of grace. Verse 17 through 20, quote, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind, and a light to them which are in darkness an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. End quote. Paul is telling the Jewish believers in Rome that have the law of Moses, they know God's will and what God approves of. They are not blind, but a light unto the lost. They are teachers of the truth of God, instructing those new to the faith, the babes and the foolish. Verse 21 and 22, quote, Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, Dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? End quote. Even though the Jews in Rome have the law of Moses and teach others, do they break God's law, being hypocrites? Do they teach not to steal, but they themselves steal? Do they commit adultery while commanding others to abstain? Do they worship the idols of men? Aren't they only hypocrites? Today we have the same problem. Verses 23 and 24. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. End quote. Are the Jews in Rome obedient to the Lord, or do they dishonor God by their hypocrisy? Hypocrisy has always been a problem in the church, especially in affluent countries like America. The lost clearly see the hypocrisy in the church. This is the main reason they reject the church and Christianity. Verse 25, quote, For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. End quote. Circumcision, the sign of God's covenant with Abraham, 
is truly profitable for the Jews, as they were given the law of God. But if a Jew breaks the law of God, is he no better than the uncircumcised Gentile? Verse 26, quote, Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? End quote. However, if the Gentiles keep the law naturally, then their uncircumcision is counted for circumcision, being counted righteous before God. Verse 27, quote, And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who, by the letter and circumcision, dost transgress the law? End quote. Whether Paul is referring to any specific group of Gentiles or just semantics, we do not know. But the point is clear. Those Jews that break God's law will be judged by those who keep it. Verse 28 and 29, quote, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God, end quote. What matters is the condition of the heart, whether Jew or Gentile, we need the circumcision of the heart. Cut away the fleshly desires for the things of this world and seek the Lord to walk in his spirit and will for our life. Seek the Lord's praise, not the fleeting praise of men. As we look back over these verses in chapter 2, we see Jew, Gentile, the law of Moses, circumcision, uncircumcision, deeds both good and bad. Clearly, this chapter was written to Jews and proselytes under the law of Moses, for which these terms apply. They have little application to the body of Christ, for in the church there is no Jew or Gentile, no circumcision or uncircumcision. There is no keeping of the law of Moses. Those things are entirely Jewish. Well, that concludes Romans chapter 2. Be sure to subscribe to my channel and click the notification bell for upcoming podcasts and videos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a like. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. God bless.